Baseball season is upon us. The Super Bowl is in the past, and we are one day away from Orioles pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training in Sarasota. And speaking of those pitchers, we're going to start with our spring training roster preview series on this episode, taking a look at the starting rotation, the guys who are in it, the guys who are trying to be, and the prospects who could make a difference in 2024. That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to preview the starting pitchers in camp with the Orioles this year. Taking a look at the starters who are projected to make the roster, the guys who might have to move to the bullpen, the position battles that will happen in terms of starting pitchers, and a look at some of the prospects who could come up and debut at some point in 2024 and help this Orioles rotation after a team that has traded for Corbin Burns to be at the top of the rotation and is looking to win the World Series here this year. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast which is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. So let's jump right into our first of these four preview episodes. They're going to come out mostly this week and probably bleed a little into next week as well in the pod as the Orioles are basically 24 hours away. Pitchers and catchers reporting tomorrow, Wednesday on Valentine's Day. And then really the first workout is Thursday. Next week, the hitters get there, and we are off in Sarasota. It is baseball season. We're getting closer and closer to opening day. And so I wanted to kind of preview the roster, reset things heading into the 2024 season. We'll look at the starters. We'll look at the relievers. We'll look at the infielders. And we'll look at the outfielders over four episodes, preview who's there, who could help later in the year, and what the opening day roster could look like. And we're going to start with the starting rotation because... Three weeks ago, you would have thought, eh, this rotation could be solid, but it's not the strength of this Orioles team. And then they made one move, acquiring a true ace in Corbin Burns in a trade with the Brewers. And now all of a sudden, the Orioles look like they could have a top 10 rotation in Major League Baseball. And that changes a lot of the equation here. So let's start with how we're going to do these episodes is we'll start with projecting who makes the roster out of this group and what their roles could look like, what their projections are for this year. Then we'll talk about who's potentially on the roster bubble and also what position battles are in the roster itself. And then finally, we'll finish with prospects who are at these certain positions and how they could help the Orioles in 2024. So let's start with the projected rotation for the O's. This is not only my projected starting five to begin the season. This is how most people fall in now that Corbin Burns has been added to the fold. Before the Burns trade, I think there were a lot of questions about where the Orioles would go with their number five starter. There were a lot of different questions out there, a lot of different options in camp. With the Burns trade and also with D.L. Hall being part of that trade that went back to Milwaukee, I think it's fairly clear now, not 100%, but fairly clear what this rotation looks like. It's going to start with Corbin Burns, who comes over from the Brewers. He's been an ace. He was the 2021 NL Cy Young Award winner. He had a 3-3-4 ERA and 194 innings last year in Milwaukee, and that was a bit of a down year for Corbin Burns. That's how good he's been. 
He also remixed his pitch mix in the second half of the season. He turned his slider into a sweeper. He got more break on his sinker and his curveball, and he was dominant in the second half after being a little bit shaky before the All-Star break last season. That is going to be the Corbin Burns the Orioles get this year. That's going to be fun to watch. His Zips projection, and again, throughout these episodes, we're going to be using the Zips projections. They are done by Dan Simborski of Fangraphs, who... I know some people have some feelings about fan graphs. Dan is also an Orioles fan. It's one of the most more useful and easy to navigate projection systems. And remember, a lot of these projections are what their median outcome will be, what their average outcome will be in thousands and millions of simulations. So this isn't exactly this is what we think this guy's going to do or this is what this guy's limited to. This is more like, hey, if he has an average year, this is what it's going to look like. The Corbin Burns projection is 179 innings and a 3.46 ERA. I'd take the ERA. I think he's given the Orioles more innings than that. Number two in your rotation is Kyle Bradish. Looked like the slam dunk opening day starter had the Orioles not made a move this big, and then they did. But Bradish had his breakout season last year, finishing fourth in AL Cy Young voting, a 2.83 ERA last season in 169 innings. Zips does project him to fall back to earth a little bit, which is probable. I don't know if he's going to go 165 innings and have a 3.71 ERA. I think he'll be a little better than that. That's still a really solid number two pitcher. Then you have Grayson Rodriguez, who had not a great start to his big league career last year as a rookie, went down to AAA, came back, and was dominant in the second half. Now, overall, it was a 4.35 ERA in 122 big league innings, but it was so much better down the stretch. His Zips projection, 148 innings and a 4.06 ERA. I think he'll beat both of those numbers, to be honest with you, and be a really, really good number three with ace potential heading into the end part of this season. My number four and five projected starters, I think they'll both be in the rotation. I think the only question is who's four and who's five to begin the year. But John Means would be my number four starter right now. Means, of course, Missed pretty much all of 2022 and pretty much all of 2023 after Tommy John surgery and then a back muscle injury that set him back. He finally returned in September last year, made four starts, and did have a 2.66 ERA in those four starts last year. Remember, he was really, really good. He was an all-star. He was the Orioles' ace of the rebuilding teams before the injury. But the left-hander with the dominant changeup felt some more elbow discomfort in that week between the regular season ending and the ALDS starting. And the Orioles shut him down, said he wouldn't be available in the playoffs, certainly hurt what they did when they were swept by the Rangers in that series. But he seems to be fully healthy, ready to go finally for spring training in 2024. His Zips projection is a 4-2-4 ERA in 130 innings. I think the ERA could actually be lower than that. We could see him probably in the high threes. But what I will say about Means is the 130 innings could be pretty on the nose with how many he throws. It is tough your first full year coming back from Tommy John, especially because he only made those four starts late last year. He's still going to be getting into the groove, which is where the depth that we're going to talk about is going to come up big because I don't think John Means is going to give the Orioles 31, 32 starts this season. But a guy who I think might is Dean Kramer, who I project as the number five starter for the Orioles. Just a solid back end of the rotation season last year for Kramer. 173 innings, a 4.12 ERA. You'll take that at the back end every single day. And he was really good at times as well for the Orioles. And Zips, they actually like Kramer to bounce back a little bit or, or get even better, uh, projecting 168 innings, which I think he'll throw more than, but a 3.86 ERA. If the Orioles can get 170 innings and a 3.86 ERA out of their number five starter, their rotation is going to be golden in 2024. 
So that leaves two players who you could see as starters and I think will make the team, but will make the team as relievers on opening day. The first one is Cole Irvin, who I think will just kind of settle in as the Orioles' long reliever in the bullpen to begin the year. The Orioles acquired Irvin in a trade with the A's last offseason. He began last year in the rotation, made three horrendous starts, and was optioned to AAA and spent a good amount of time down there. He came back a couple of times, made some starts, made some relief appearances, was with the team for most of the second half in different roles, but was never a huge part of the squad at that point. And he had a 4-4-2 ERA in 77 innings. It was a guy who had pushed 200 innings in his previous two years with Oakland. It wasn't a great debut in a Baltimore uniform. And you might say, well, Cole Irvin was so bad that, that why even fool around with Cole Irvin at this point? Like, just cut him loose. Well, Cole Irvin is still very cost-controlled. He still has three years of team control. And he is also out of minor league options. And he can really eat innings when he's going. I think he showed some flashes both as a starter and as a reliever in the second half last year. The Zips projection is 70 innings and a 4.58 ERA. I think at the very least he'll throw more innings than that for the Orioles this year. I think he'll stay on the roster most of the season and just be a good depth guy. And again, if Means has to miss a start, if any injury happens, you feel okay throwing Cole Irvin in there at the back end of your rotation. And then the other guy who could still be considered a starter, although I think he goes into this year as a reliever, is Tyler Wells, who began the year in the starting rotation last year and quite frankly was the Orioles' best starter in the first half of the season. Then, for the second straight year, his body started to break down early in the second half, had to be optioned to the minors, and did not return until September when he returned as a reliever. Now, he was really good as a relief pitcher down the stretch for the O's and in the postseason, as he was in his rookie year as a reliever in 2021. And with the addition of Corbin Burns, I think before Burns, Wells was certainly in the mix to win that number five starter spot. At this point, I think he's just a reliever. Now, I think he could give the O's spot starts. He could give them some length out of the bullpen. And he could pitch in, you know, one-inning stints and be really good in short relief. He could even end up getting some saves this year for the O's. He could really be a dominant Swiss Army knife in the bullpen. The Zips projection is 74 innings with a 4-2-0 ERA. I think the innings are around correct. He'll have a lower ERA than that. We know how good Wells can be in the bullpen. I think it's tough for projection systems to see what exactly Wells will do when they don't quite know what his role will be. And quite frankly, I think his role is going to change throughout the season, but I think he will step up to the occasion. So that's my projected rotation. But again, the two depth guys in Irvin and Wells, I think they'll both still be on the opening day roster in bullpen roles. And that will help the O's. Hey, if they need a spot start, you don't need to dig into AAA. You've got one of those guys right there if you need them. So next up, we'll talk about position battles. And to be honest with you, in terms of guys making or missing the opening day roster, I don't think there's a lot of that among the starting pitchers. I think these seven guys are pretty much there, right, on this roster. Now, you could argue about the number four and five starter. We can have that conversation. But there's not the big amount of battles. But I still want to talk about Who's going to be competing in camp? Because guys are going to try and push these guys to get a spot on the opening day roster. And we'll talk about those arms coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Now, listen, I'm not the biggest car guy in the world, but it's about passion. It's about drive and it's about patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy. and It's also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 
And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. So we are here previewing the Orioles' starting rotation and the starting pitchers that will just be in camp with the O's. And went through those seven pitchers, the five in the rotation, Burns, Bradish, Rodriguez, Means, and Kramer, and then the two depth guys in Cole Irvin and Tyler Wells. And I think either way, all seven of those guys are going to be on the opening day roster. Now, I would say in terms of rotation spots, there's only three guarantees at this point. Corbin Burns, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez. Those guys, barring injury, I think are guaranteed the top three spots in the rotation to open up the season. But there is an argument that although Means and Kramer have the upper hand, spots four and five are somewhat up for grabs. And you would include Cole Irvin and Tyler Wells in that conversation. Basically, those four guys competing for two spots. But I really do think that just with Means' ability that he's shown before the injury and, and really after the injury last year. Remember, he took that no-hitter into the seventh inning in Cleveland last September when he came back. Like, he's going to pitch well. And although he's shown sometimes, like, early in his career he can pitch out of the bullpen, he's mostly been a starter. We also really haven't seen much relief work at all from Dean Kramer. I think he'd be good there. But on the flip side, we've seen good relief work from Irvin and Wells. I think that also makes the two of them more likely to be in the bullpen. I just think this is how it'll play out. But... It wouldn't surprise me if maybe Tyler Wells pitched so well in spring and Kramer struggled a bit that Wells won the fifth spot and Kramer ended up in the bullpen. Like Those are certainly things that could happen as spring training plays out. But otherwise, you know, the two who don't get those final two spots out of those four, they will be in the bullpen. Even if it is John Means who somehow doesn't win a rotation spot, he'll be on this roster as a reliever for the Orioles. Now, there are... Two other starters on the Orioles' 40-man roster. They are the lefty Bruce Zimmerman, who, of course, started the 2022 season just red hot for the Orioles for six weeks and then completely fell apart and has basically mostly been in AAA Norfolk since then. He's kind of been a depth spot starter since that point and a little bit of a relief arm. And then there's Jonathan Heasley, who the Orioles acquired in a small trade with the Kansas City Royals earlier this offseason. Heasley, who came up as a starter, had been pitching in relief last year with Kansas City, but has still very recently, even in AAA, been a starting pitcher. And I think wants to do that in the majors, was certainly acquired for pitching depth. And I think he'll just kind of be like the right-handed version of Zimmerman this year. Now, there's still a question if whether or not both of these guys make it all the way through to opening day, still on the Orioles' 40-man roster. It's not guaranteed for Zimmerman or for Heasley. But when you look at the O's roster, they're probably not doing a lot more additions. And if you look at the 40-man, and we'll talk about this further when we chat about the infield, you've got Nick Maton, Levon Soto, and Tyler Nevin, all who you recently acquired, all who are just kind of depth infielders. And although the 40-man is full right now, those three are pretty expendable. And remember, pretty soon here, Felix Bautista, who's going to miss the entire year after getting Tommy John, is going to be placed on the 60-day injury list. And when you get placed on the 60-day IL, your spot does not count towards the 40-man. So Felix is already going to open up a spot. And then theoretically, all three of those infielders I mentioned could open up a spot. At the very least, I think two of them. So you're going to go closer to opening day with, at most, 
37 players on the 40 man. Now that'll open it up to be able to make a, a minor trade or a waiver claim if you need it later in spring training. But I think the O's are going to have the roster flexibility where they'll be able to option Heasley and option Zimmerman because they still do have one option each and just put them in AAA, keep them on the 40 man and keep them there as depth. Each of those guys would have to wow the Orioles to win an opening day roster spot. And even if they wow them, I think it would just be like winning the long man spot in the bullpen. I, I see less than a 1% chance that either of those guys would get a rotation spot to start the year, but that doesn't mean they're not going to start this season. It's great to have that depth on the 40-man guys who have started in the big leagues, and Heasley and Zimmerman could provide that at some point this year. Now, there are a few more kind of more veteran guys who are in camp. All of these guys are non-roster invitees. The Orioles announced their list of 20 of them last week. Basically, non-roster invitees come from two places. One, it's usually guys who sign minor league deals who are veterans in the offseason who don't have a 40-man spot but are competing to win a job. Or it's some of your top prospects who are still in the minors and aren't yet on the 40-man, but you're bringing them to big league camp to either compete for a job or at the very least, see what they can do against big league pitching and keep that in the back of your mind as you get later in the season. And while there aren't any big-time prospects pitching-wise that are kind of lurking on the 40-man right now, we'll get to the prospects in a minute, there are three kind of veteran depth guys who are in camp. The first one is Andrew Suarez, a left-hander who the Orioles signed to a minor league deal. Last time he started games in the big leagues was in 2019 with the Giants. Now, he was a depth reliever with the Cardinals last year through about 20-ish innings in the big leagues. Didn't pitch well, was mostly a reliever in AAA with the Cardinals, but he has a past as a starter, and I think that's what he's here to do. Probably provide starting depth more so in AAA Norfolk. He'll relieve some, he'll start some, but if the Orioles were to need a lefty, He's probably pretty far down the pecking order because you've got Zimmerman, as I talked about, and then you've got guys like Nick Vespi and Keegan Aiken who you know may not even make this opening day roster. So it's going to be tough for Suarez. Speaking of Suarez, also Albert Suarez, a veteran right-hander who the Orioles also brought in on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training in the big leagues is here as well. Now, Albert Suarez, really interesting story. Last pitched in the big leagues in 2017, so it's been a long time, right? It's been a very long time. He was over in the KBO the last two years. And when he was in the KBO last year, the Korea Baseball Organization, pretty much the third best professional league in the world, he had a 2.49 ERA in 174 innings as a starting pitcher in the KBO last year. So I'm not saying that will translate to the big leagues. It probably won't. But it's nice veteran and guy who has had good success the last couple of years, depth to have in AAA. He'll compete for a spot, probably won't win one. But I would love to see Albert Suarez stay in the AAA Norfolk rotation just in case the O's would need it because he does have some interesting stuff. And then the last guy to mention is Tucker Davidson. He's a left-hander who was a starter with the Braves a couple of years ago on their World Series team. He was with the Royals last year. They moved into the bullpen. And then the Orioles claimed him off waivers this offseason and actually then later DFA'd him. He stayed with the O's and went down to Norfolk, but he's off the 40-man roster. He's coming to big league camp. Now, he's been a starter recently enough that I'll throw him in this group, but I'm actually also going to talk about him tomorrow when I do the relievers episode because I think if Davidson makes any impact with the Orioles this year, and I think he could he's got a really nasty splitter and some interesting stuff and was a former highly rated prospect, it's going to be, I think, as a relief pitcher and not as a starter. But again, his history as a starter is recent enough that if the Orioles somehow desperately needed it, he could fall into this list as well. But that's basically to tell you that those seven names I started with, 
You know, Burns, Bradish, Rodriguez, Means, and Kramer in the rotation, and Irvin and Wells in the bullpen. I don't see much of a chance at all, unless there's an injury. If there's an injury, then this opens it up to Zimmerman or Heasley or, you know, Albert Suarez to take a spot. But unless there's an injury, I don't see anyone other than those first seven guys that I listed making the opening day roster for the Orioles. Now, things could change through the season, and that's why this depth is so important to have. When you have injuries, guys struggle, you can bring these guys up. But in terms of opening day, that seven seems fairly set. Could wiggle, you know, Wells or Irvin could certainly pitch their way into the rotation and, and move Kramer or Means to the bullpen, but otherwise we'll see those guys and, and, and none of the other ones probably in the Orioles' opening day roster. But what I haven't talked about yet is prospects. And while the Orioles' hitting prospects are still far ahead of their pitching prospects in this system, one of the reasons that the Orioles, despite graduating Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman and other of these top prospects, one of the reasons why they're still the number one system in baseball is that the pitching prospects are starting to get better and better in the minors and are starting to get closer and closer to the big leagues. And quite frankly, you'll probably see some of the most exciting arms at some point in Baltimore in 2024. So we'll talk about who they are and what impact they could have on the O's this year coming up after the break. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. Now, football season's over, but that doesn't mean sports is over. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 just if your bet wins. And you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So to finish off today's Orioles 2024 starting pitching preview, we will get to the prospects. And I'll start it like this. I really don't see a scenario where any of these prospects are on the opening day roster for the Orioles. Some of them are going to be in big league camp. They're going to be fighting for spots. But what I'll tell you is they're going to be more so later, maybe second half guys if the Orioles need reinforcements. But let's get to the prospects and let's start with Chase McDermott. Now, as you may know, if you listen to this podcast, my go-to place for prospect write-ups and rankings is Fangraphs. Fangraphs has not released all of its Orioles prospect stuff. I think their big list comes out later this week. So we're going over to Just Baseball. I had RM Layton, who puts together these lists on the pod a couple of weeks ago to talk through the Orioles system. He also did a great podcast episode on his minor league podcast called The Call-Up over there, where they did almost two hours diving into the Orioles system. Cannot recommend that episode enough. But also please check out the one where Aaron Aram came on my show as well. But we'll start with Chase McDermott, who Aram over at Just Baseball has ranked as the number eight prospect in the Orioles system. A right-hander who came over from the Astros in the Trey Mancini trade in the 2022 trade deadline. Now it's a mid-90s fastball. It's a really, really nasty slider. He's got a solid curveball, and he's been working on a splitter as well, as many Orioles pitchers have, to add kind of that change-up option. Now McDermott in AAA last year, once he got moved up, was really, really good. Like, very, very impressive. 51 innings in AAA Norfolk for McDermott, posted a 2.49 ERA with a very elite 31% strikeout rate and a 12% walk rate that, while it's still high, is lower than most of the time we've seen McDermott in the minor leagues, which was a really good sign last year. He started the year, he threw about 70 innings in AA, had a 3.56 ERA, got the bump up, and was quite frankly even better in AAA Norfolk, which is what you love to see. Now, for McDermott, I think he's got a really high ceiling and a really bright future. And 
He's going to be, I think, a member of the Orioles' starting rotation one day. Unfortunately, unless there are, I would say, multiple injuries in the Orioles' rotation this year, I don't really see McDermott breaking in as a big part of the O's rotation, even by the end of the season. I think in 2025, this time next year, we're talking about McDermott potentially projecting to be one of the Orioles' five starters on opening day. But here's what I see for McDermott. I think he'll start the year in AAA Norfolk's rotation, and he'll pitch a couple of months there and rack up some more innings in AAA. And if he's pitching well, we'll start to talk about, okay, how does he help the O's? Now, if there's an opening in the rotation, he could be the guy. But because you have Irvin and Wells already in the bullpen, it's going to be tough to find that opening. What I think happens here is at some point in the second half of the season, the Orioles do that deload thing, the, the exact thing they did with D.L. Hall last year, where they said, hey, you've been starting but we might need you in the big leagues as a reliever at some point soon. So let's kind of bring you back down to reliever outings. I think they'll do it with McDermott at some point in the second half, and then maybe by August, the O's need a new relief option. There's Chase McDermott right there. With that nasty stuff, it'll play up even more out of the bullpen, as it does for a lot of guys, as it did for D.L. Hall. He could be a right-handed D.L. Hall and be that perfect replacement for him. Of course, the Orioles traded him to Milwaukee in the Burns trade. That's what I see from McDermott this year, and then next year, we're talking about him in the rotation. Then there's Cade Povich, the left-hander, who also came over in the 2022 deadline. He was one of the four pitchers that came from the Twins in the Jorge Lopez deal. He's the number 10 prospect ranked in the Orioles system over at Just Baseball. It's a lower 90s fastball, but kind of more of a kitchen sink approach. He's got a cutter. He's got a curveball. He's got a slider, and he's got a changeup that he'll throw at you to try and get lefties and righties out. He began his year okay. In AA last year, 81 innings, 487 ERA, good strikeout numbers. The Orioles said, okay, the ERA is not amazing, but we've seen enough. We need to bump you to AAA and see what you can do. AAA became an issue last year for Kate Povich. Nobody's arguing that he has good stuff. He has three of his five pitches are above average on Stuff Plus, which is the stat that just looks at basically how nasty is this pitch. It's a really good arsenal, but it wasn't great in his first try at AAA. 45 innings in Norfolk last year for Povich. He had a 5.36 ERA. And while the 27% strikeout rate was really good, 15% walk rate is almost double the league average. That is not at all what you want. The walks went way up when he went to Norfolk. He's going to need to settle down. So for me, he obviously is going to begin the year in the Tides rotation, probably alongside McDermott. They'll most likely be one and two for Norfolk. And I think Povich is going to need some more seasoning. And for me, Kate Povich certainly could be a reliever at some point if it comes to that. But I'd actually rather see Povich just pitch an entire healthy season at AAA Norfolk in 2024. Of course, if he's pitching really well and the O's need him, go for it. Call him up. Add him to the big league team. We're trying to win right now. But I think a perfect year for Povich is he gets the walks down, he gets the ERA down, he pitches well, and he stays healthy, and he throws 150 innings maybe at Norfolk this year. And then, just like McDermott, Going into 2025, we're talking about him as a possible starter for the rotation next year. I just don't see him making as smooth a transition into the bullpen late this year as I see for McDermott. Then there is Justin Armbruster. Again, all three of these guys I've mentioned, not on the 40-man roster, but are non-roster invites, which means they have an invite and they will be in big league training camp with the Orioles. Now, Armbruster, not the prospect that McDermott or Povich are. He was an Orioles 12th round pick out of New Mexico back in 2021, kind of a burly right-hander who most people rank in kind of like the back half of their top 30s for the Orioles system. It's a low to mid-90s fastball, but it's got really good ride, which is basically that fastball that feels like it's rising, and that's just because it's going down less 
than other people's fastballs. It's got like that spin that makes it stay up on hitters and makes it really tough to hit when you throw it up in the zone. People really like that pitch. He's also got a slider, a changeup, and a cutter to go with it. And he was just, I would say, solid in AAA last year. He was dominant in AA. Arm Brewster began the year in AA Bowie last year. 62 innings, 2.47 ERA. The Orioles said, yeah, okay, this guy's better than AA. Let's bring him up to Norfolk. And... Like Povich, he did kind of struggle in Norfolk. 59 innings, 4.70 ERA, 25% strikeout rate, 12% walk rate. Altogether, he was better than Povich, and he kind of showed more to me at times than Povich did. But the ceiling for Povich and McDermott are just way higher than for Armbruster. That doesn't mean Armbruster's not a big league pitcher, though. I think he could still be an impact arm at the big league level. I haven't seen enough to say whether I think that'll be as a starter or as a reliever in the majors. But what I think could happen is more similar to McDermott for Armbruster this year. He begins the year in the Norfolk rotation. He's pitching well in the second half. They maybe say, hey, maybe you can help us in the bullpen. If not, he gives a full good year in AAA and, again, competes for a spot next year. But he's, I think, closer to McDermott on the scale where, hey, if the O's need a reliever late in the year, they could go to him as well and kind of transition him to that role. And the other thing about all three of those guys, McDermott, Povich, and Armbruster, they are all Rule 5 eligible after the 2024 season, which means even if the O's don't put them on the 40-man and bring them up this year, they're going to have to do it next November. So when you're trying to win, if they're pitching well, you might as well just put them on that 40-man and start that clock because you're going to need to anyway and have them help out your big league team. And then there are two more guys who are kind of interesting. The first one is actually already on the 40-man roster, and that is right-handed pitcher Seth Johnson, who also came over in that Trey Mancini trade, Johnson coming from the Rays in that three-way deal in 2022. Now, Johnson ranked by Just Baseball as the Orioles' number 13 prospect in their system, and he's an interesting case because the only reason the Orioles were able to get him, Johnson, a top 10 prospect in the Rays system, generally one of the best systems in baseball, is because at the deadline... Johnson was injured, and the Rays knew and the Orioles knew that he needed Tommy John surgery. So the Rays said, you know what? He's going to have to go on the 40-man roster. He's going to be out for a year and a half, maybe more. It's not worth it for us. Take him. And they got Jose Siri in that deal. So a week after the trade, Johnson gets Tommy John surgery. Of course, doesn't pitch in 2022, doesn't pitch for most of last year, but does sneak his way in for not a lot, but he threw 10 innings at a few different levels and made it all the way up to double A at the very end of the 2023 minor league season. He's now gone through a fully healthy, we think, offseason and should be finally healthy and ready to go in spring training for the Orioles for the first time. Now, the reason he's on the 40 man, despite never pitching above double A and basically not pitching at all for the O's, is that he was Rule 5 eligible the year after the Orioles traded for him. And they thought so highly of him as a prospect that even though he was undergoing Tommy John surgery, they had to put him on the 40 man to keep him. And they did that, and he basically sat on the 40-man for all of last year while he was rehabbing. So there's going to be some pressure on Seth Johnson because he's taken up a 40-man roster spot for this long. He's going to start the year most likely in AA Bowie, and the O's are going to hope to get him to AAA Norfolk at some point this year because he's already 25 years old. But the stuff when he was with Tampa was absolutely nasty. Mid-90s fastball, crazy ride on it, really good slider, solid curveball. Like They are excited about this guy. So if he can start to push his way up, and if he's healthy, I think if it's not McDermott that helps the O's as a reliever at the end of this year, it's going to be Johnson. And I actually don't think, I think of these four guys I've mentioned, Johnson probably has the lowest chance of being a starter at any point for the Orioles at the big league level. But there's a chance he could be the most dominant reliever out of these four. 
and maybe the Orioles start that clock early this year as a reliever. He's already on the 40-man. You bring him up when he's healthy, and he really maxes out that stuff. And then the last guy who will also be a non-roster invitee in big league camp is Garrett Stallings, just kind of a depth arm who eats innings. At one point, he was a top 30 prospect by Fangraphs in the O's system in 2021, came over in 2020 along with Gene Pinto in that Jose Iglesias trade with the Angels. It's a low 90s fastball. It's a solid slider. It's a curveball. It's a changeup. He kind of went a little downhill last year in AAA, 547 ERA in 74 innings, but he had good strikeout rates and good walk rates. He's more of a softer tossing righty who I don't think really ever makes the big leagues. But the fact that he is coming to big league camp with the O's this year tells me that they still see something in the right-hander. They like that his strikeouts went up and his walks went down last year. He still throws strikes. He still eats a lot of innings. And again, he'll probably be in that Norfolk rotation. And he'll be good depth. Just good depth, younger depth for the Orioles to have. And maybe what, he, he maybe made some big changes in the offseason. We could see a different Garrett Stallings, but just a nice depth piece to have there. And that's pretty much a look at everybody starting pitcher-wise, of course, besides anyone the Orioles would acquire, trade for during the season, or between now and opening day, potentially. Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery are still out there. Prices are probably dropping, just saying. But that's a look at the guys who are in the org right now who are going to help the O's potentially at some point in 2024. You're starting pitching preview for the Orioles this season. But that just begins our preview series because tomorrow we're coming back and we're looking at the other arms that we'll report on Wednesday. That is the relievers. Without Felix Bautista, how big a step back will this Orioles bullpen take and who will need to step up in this Orioles pen? I think there's a lot of roster bubble and roster fights happening in Sarasota this year. It's going to be fun to watch. and We'll break it all down coming up on tomorrow's Orioles relief pitcher preview episode. But until then... I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast. Your team, everything.